Hi, I'm Divya. Welcome to Articulate. Articulate is a podcast I have started to bring together students of art from all over the world and create a community by talking with them about their backgrounds, their art practice, their inspirations, and their experiences. Today, I want to talk to um, Shamin Arshad. She's an artist student who's based in Islamabad, Islamabad in Pakistan. And I uh, got familiar with uh, Shamin's work uh, during her degree show and was so impressed by the power of her imagery that I thought this would be a good opportunity to, um, to talk to her about um, her research, her ideas, and um, what made her get into art and um, what her future plans are. So let's talk to Shamin. Hi, Shamin. Hello, Divya. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Oh, thanks for agreeing to be my guest. Uh, it's such a pleasure. Um, how are you doing? How's uh, the lockdown and uh, this strange new circumstances been treating you? Oh, well, um, it has definitely been a very confusing and very contradictory times for like most of us. But considering yeah. the the situation I've been doing pretty well I feel and uh, I mean I think this um, being locked up in your house for eight nine hours and go without any kind of social interaction or any kind of disturbance is something that's not new to us as artists it's just uh, like I said to someone that I feel now that the world has come down to my speed instead of you know I mean I just feel like it's on the same frequency now <laughs> as me Oh, great, great, great. Good to hear that. So why don't you just um, talk about yourself, uh, uh, where you, what made you get into um, doing art and uh, do you have any artists in the family to inspire you or are you, or are you the first person to become an artist? So I just, just to let our listeners know more about you as a person. Oh, well, um... That's a good question because um, I have some really like talented individuals in my family. I mean, I can't say I don't come from a family of artists because I feel like I should call them artists that didn't get an opportunity to actually practice mm -hmm. because they had the skill, they had the mindset, but they never got the opportunity and no one ever encouraged them. Right. So um, I can't really say that I don't come from a family of artists because um, this is one maybe very random uh, sort of uh, event that happened that one day I was much younger. I was like 10 years old mm -hmm. and I walked into my room and every Daisy household at that point used to have a blackboard and chalks. Yes. And like every kid had that. Mm -hmm. So um, I saw my nanny just sitting around and um, just freehand in two minutes, make a whole portrait of this woman. Wow. And um, I was simply in awe because I had never known that she had a predilection for anything like that mm -hmm. and uh, so I feel there's a lot of uh, lack of opportunity I guess mm -hmm. in some way or some kind of circumstance doesn't let you explore that aspect doesn't let you study it mm -hmm. but uh, I feel like the fact that I'm an artist is essentially because it was not explored by other people in my family. Mm -hmm. I feel like um, I've become sort of a venue, sort of a way for them to experience 
that. You know what I mean? It's yes. just, um, I feel like I'm in a, in a way their ambassador. <laughs> Absolutely. I totally yeah. so, agree with you, Shamin. I mean, continue. I'll and talk about myself a little bit after that. But I so agree with you with what you said. Yeah. I mean. Um, Sorry. Go on. Yeah, yeah. No, the thing is, um, I became an artist because my mom was not allowed to become one, and she got into the most reputable college in India, but because the family didn't allow her to become an artist and she was so talented so i decided to become an artist not only for myself but uh to kind of um, make up for what she couldn't do <laughs> so i totally understand what where you're coming yes. from yes i get that i totally get that yeah because i mean um talking about this like i remember like uh even when we had school assignments where we just wanted to make our book reports look extra pretty mm. or you know wanted to stand out i remember my mom picking up a pencil and just going to town on my report like i mean <laughs> it was it was actually really um it was amazing to see because i'd never seen it before and um so, so i really feel like i was just i was meant to do this because even uh, my grandmother as i said she had pre-partition gotten into one of the biggest colleges in this subcontinent mm. and she was not allowed to go because her mother thought it was not the right thing to do yeah. or not the most decent thing to do mm-hmm. so um yeah it's nice to share that with her and it's nice to know that i ended up going to the same college wow that's amazing uh, yeah <laughs> so i mean um i feel like things that just some things are inevitable i mean yeah. i feel like certain decisions that she take is uh obviously based on your family your upbringing and your predilection for certain things just and i mean transfers like a lot of things yeah. in our families so i think this was one of those great so i'm i'm so glad that they fostered your talent and uh, let you um uh, you know study and yeah. do something yeah. with yeah. it so um tell me now so you did your graduation in um which college was this oh but uh, i did my bachelor's in fine arts mm-hmm. from the national college of arts lahore uh-huh. which was initially known as the mio school of arts okay uh, at the time of the british so um basically it's a very it's a government college mm-hmm. and it's a, it has been it's basically exactly how it was when the british were in this country so okay. it's something that they established they set the rules they uh decided the curriculum mm-hmm. which in a way like i mean it kind of um, just because it was old times and you always tend to be nostalgic about old times mm-hmm. you're just like you know this is authentic mm-hmm. which is also very beautiful yeah in a way but then again you're also thinking it is very outdated why are we still in why are we still following something that was introduced 100 years ago and right. how is that functioning in today's world so um Yeah, I did my best. So was <laughs> it really was it really traditionalist in terms of um uh, teaching you techniques and skills and you know um was it really uh focusing on understanding how to make art whatever it is or were they not so conceptual is what I meant. Well, 
I mean, um, from the limited that I know, mm. <laughs> I have to put that there. Uh, I feel like it's it is known for being very like concentrated on a skill and technique, mm. and you know, getting the fundamentals right before you go on to something bigger, mm. as in the conceptual. Mm-hmm. Because uh, the argument for that is that you have to first know how to make before you yeah. can uh, go out and attach all these meanings to it, which honestly, I, I don't understand. Is it? For me, it's never been really? I, I would agree uh, with that, actually. That you yeah, first understand how to make stuff and then mm-hmm. you are so much more, you know, you, are, you have so much in your armor to um, use that to convey your ideas. Don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I think essentially it was about no matter what you want to say, you need to learn what way you can say it. Yeah, exactly. Before you go out and get frustrated mm. that this is what I'm thinking and I know this needs to be shared, but I'm not being able to share it yeah, because yeah. I don't know what my medium is. I don't know what my technique is. Yeah. So um, that did make sense. Mm. But I think essentially um, it was more about training to be in a really hard art market mm. it was um i can't explain to you the kind of situations we basically made work in and mm-hmm. how hectic and how tiring and how uncompromising wow. the teachers were and what they expected mm-hmm. and um they make you really like thick-skinned Mm-hmm. because they feel like that is essentially what you need the most mm. when you go out into the art market. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is something I have to agree on because there are a lot of people who can create. They're skilled people. And I mean, there's no shortage of skill in South Asian artists mm. at all. Mm. And uh, also the dedication because you don't come into this line unless you're absolutely sure you want to do it. Yeah, and yeah, you have to be really determined, yeah. Exactly. So there's, I mean, two key things, skill and determination. That's that's what you'd say is basically important for anything that you pursue in life. Yeah. But it is also the ability to be able to withstand an immense amount of criticism. <gasps> Tell me about it. Yeah. Mm. And just the ability to be in line where there's so much uncertainty. Mm. And... Uh, I feel like even though we used to, I mean, there's this one time that uh, basically I had, I, I was living in a hostel, mm-hmm. which is not great circumstance in the college. Mm-hmm. Uh, quite a learned experience, but not the the best experience, yeah. not the easiest one. <laughs> but uh, we have a problem of load shedding in the country. So yeah. which basically essentially means, let me explain it to other people, <laughs> is like, the government basically cuts out the electricity mm. in order to conserve it. It's the same in India. Yeah. For hours together. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. So basically, um, then there used to be like, because we were located in an area of Lahore, which is old Lahore and particularly dilapidated, mm. ignored. Mm. So um, it's a really old building of like 150 plus years or something. Mm-hmm. So um, conditions weren't great. And the, sometimes power outage used to be for 10 hours straight in the wow. scorching heat of Lahore in mm. June, July. And you know how that is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know and somehow we were still expected to have our six paintings a week, 
have them grounded in something that is really important, something which they wanted to be like earth shattering, something original. You know, something which we later found out there's no such thing as original. <laughs> so that, that's a very dirty trick they played on us. But um, but I think that yeah, uh, studio in good stead, isn't it? All that training, especially when you're much younger, now you realize that it has toughened you, isn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not easy to do that, especially considering uh, I come from a very like a family in which I'm very very protected. I'm the younger one okay. in the family, and uh, I I have been protected most of my life. <laughs> and uh, but I mean, protected is uh, you know just not inconvenienced in anywhere whatsoever. Wow. Okay. And um, I've been lucky to go to a private school, and you know how private school yeah. kids are. They yeah. just uh, very oblivious of, of the world. They're just, I just used to live in my books and like, mm. you know, my very romantic writing and, mm. um, you know, just a whole lifestyle that is completely oblivious to everything yeah. around. Yeah. So uh, going from that to a government college and a hostel, um, it was... Um, like I'm a culture shock. Exaggerating, if I say it, it was traumatic yeah. because uh, I came in contact with people from all over the country, and mm. it, it's it's not. I'm not talking about the quality of those people or you know how they were and how. It was just my inability to sort of um, reside within that particular atmosphere. And, um, mm. But I mean, so it was not easy. But I feel like. But didn't that you learn so a lot scary. from that experience? Yeah, exactly. Like, um, it is so important. Like, we previously discussed yeah. how important something like Jai is to me. Like, yeah. You know, I feel like... <laughs> so, I mean, just the simple act of drinking tea with my friends was just so enlightening because I never knew some people for salt in their tea. And, you know... It's, I didn't know that till and, you told me. My God. I, I have to yes. try that sometime. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, uh, it was enlightening. I didn't like it, but it was very, very enlightening. In so, a sense, like, it's just how we greet each other, mm. how we um, sort of, um, I mean, what maybe a piece of fa- pa- painted fabric means to me means completely different to you. What we read, how we speak, what we eat, it's just absolutely different. And as shocking or as jarring as that can be it's mm. still something that i mean the best way to learn is to learn from people i yeah. feel like as fond as i am of books and art and all these things it's just the people are the best source to explain those things to you yeah so and, talking uh, about learning yeah, yeah. yeah from people so when you uh, how did you manage to go to london to wimbledon college of art and i know that you went on a scholarship and uh, how did you decide to go to you to the UK, and what was your experience there? Well, I mean, um, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, a lot of things didn't go according to plan, but I mean, um, I'm still glad they went the way that they did. Mm. So, uh, talking about uh, studying in the UK, um, for me, uh, I guess a lot of us look at London as this 
sort of city of hope and promise and you know mm-hmm. all these opportunities and you know when we go to london we will be able to explore ourselves and we will be able to create and you yeah. know it just i mean london to a great extent is is like that yeah it's like the meeting of the so, past and the future it's like a potpourri of different cultures coming together yeah that's i understand yeah <laughs> Exactly, and but all I knew of about London was relatives coming back and saying things about it. Or, you know, I I never I never got the opportunity to travel for a very long time mm. because of the financial situation. Right. But um, I mean, even when I did start traveling, eventually London just seemed like a far off dream. Because um, and I have to specify that it sounded like a dream because. it's how much it was built up in my head and you know how people from my family went out and they suddenly became so um polished and so like you know they started wearing those real long french coats which is <laughs> which is the dream right <laughs> so um i never thought it was going to happen but then eventually um i was working this gallery in like around uh, 2016 mm-hmm. and um this opportunity came up where um the Sanchi Gallery had this um, fair called the Start Art Fair. Yes, yes, which is, of course. Yes, which invited galleries, like 30 galleries from all over the world. So mm. um, I luckily was in a gallery that was also invited. Mm. And uh, suddenly, I mean, because the trip was paid for and it was a professional trip. So, I mean, suddenly things started seeming impossible. Like, wow. you know, I can do this. Yeah. Like, this is going to happen. So, um Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> little did I know I got my visa rejected. Oh no. Is it? So much. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean, uh, it it's really funny like this I'm so fond of traveling and I felt like that was my only opportunity to go to the UK mm-hmm. and like basically get some because I mean, I really just wanted to do something in art in London. I had no understanding wow. of how it is there. That's heartbreaking. But mm. I just knew Yeah, I just really wanted to do it. But um anyways, once I got over that initial shock, mm. um just I moved on to my next job mm. and um because I felt like, I don't know, somehow it's about the visa politics that gets me really down. Mm. <laughs> But um so I moved on and eventually in my next job, um the funny thing is I felt like I was really stuck in that job mm. and um, I was teaching in a university and I felt like it's a great position, great everything, but I just didn't feel like it was for me. And uh, I just felt maybe it was about time I do something that felt more natural to mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. which was academics, mm. even though I'm not being good at it, but mm. I just felt it was something that I could comfortably be uncomfortable with mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, that's a good term. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um I applied. I actually applied for the US. Mhm. Like apply for my full ride. Mhm. But that didn't happen. Mm. Um and then I came across this scholarship called the Shifting Scholarship uh which is so prestigious that you can almost forget about getting it. Wow. Like okay. mm-hmm. So, um I gave it my try anyways cuz I mean I was like what's home right mm. I mean it's not going to happen anyway <laughs> but not cutting a very very long story short uh I ended up going last year to London mm. and I came in September and I f- it 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 was a ride 
in the sense it was a roller coaster right really? and um Wimbledon was um I feel like I chose Wimbledon in particular because I felt like it was big enough for me to um sort of explore my potential sort of understand myself better mm-hmm. but small enough for it to be comfortable yeah in yeah so I mean uh I felt like I wasn't throwing myself into the deep end mm. immediately mm and i felt thinking about it now i feel like that was a very good decision because mm-hmm. i mean it was london enough to give you the opportunities to discover all that the city had mm. but it was further enough as to let you be comfortable in that sort of seclusion right right um so did you um did your work change in any way in terms of the research that you did did you have to, did you want to bring your own um history post colonial identity was that something that you um brought in after moving to london or how did that experience change uh, your research or was it something that you already that you continued doing from pakistan Well, I mean, um I have to say that my trip to London has changed a lot of things, mm. a lot of aspects of my life as and my work is essentially immediately affected by what I'm experiencing at all times like many other artists. Yeah. Um for me, um my work before uh, London is I don't know if you're aware of this, it was very minimalistic, it was very conceptual. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. And it was something I, I I would work with text on canvas. Right. So, um the whole idea was completely different, entirely inspired by European literature and uh you know the trends that we used to see in New York and stuff. Mm. Um it was very much fitted in the western art world. Yeah. And not in my local. Mhm. Cuz there was a lot of um ye kon dekhega kon khareedega like who's going to buy this mm. because no one understands it. Mm. And at that point I came across this one conversation where uh one of the audience basically told me why don't you write in urdu? Right. You know? Mhm. Just as relatable. Mm-hmm. And at that point I was fuming because I was like what is his problem? <laughs> But that just did introduce me to a whole bigger dialogue where I'm like why is it that I'm more comfortable with a foreign language than my own? Yeah. Or what we consider to be our own. Yes. Um so yeah when I came to London I mean I came I've been practicing the same thing and I mean I was very very oblivious uh of the kind of space i occupied in this world being mm-hmm. like as an individual mm-hmm. uh because like i said i felt like my life was a bubble throughout mm-hmm. like i felt like i was living in a bubble yeah. i was not aware of what was going on and i actually kind of shielded myself from what it meant to be a pakistani and yeah. what was happening in society because it was it's always very hard to bear mm-hmm. So I mean like if if you read Audrey Lord basically says that I'm paraphrasing mm. is that there's some people who essentially like they don't talk about politics but their own being is a political identity. Yeah, yeah, so, of course. Yeah, so I mean 
I could not ignore it when I came to London. It's just experiences from day one started telling me things about me that I was not aware of. I had never questioned. I did not question my language. I did not question how I looked and what I, what God I prayed to or anything of the sort. So suddenly all these things came up and I was so overwhelmed that the only way I could deal with it or sort of justify my space, make my space in a foreign land was to think about it and read about it. So um, that opened my eyes to the whole idea of the South Asian identity, which I am absolutely obsessed with now. Um, I read a lot of Homi Baba. I read I, one book that particularly uh, really spoke to me, uh, even when I was in Pakistan and had not come to London, was the, the Good Immigrant. The good in, yeah. like the short stories, yes. So, I mean, uh, absolutely amazing book. And I felt like, and to a certain extent, I don't know why I was connecting to it so much. And that sense of, um, you know, just not having a sense of belonging and a sense of don't know where you should be and what is your own. Yeah. So I think a lot of those questions came up. You mean to say, uh, what is your own in terms of what we were like before colonialism? And this whole trauma about India and Pakistan, This, I mean, it's like there, it's like a thing that is like a tumor, but you can't even address it. You don't know how to describe it, right? But it's in, I think it, it's like a collective trauma, which keeps... Um, the the future generations have keeps inherited on <laughs> keeps on giving keeps on giving isn't it my god and and now it seems like oh it happened so long ago but actually it has its effect on our current identity also isn't it absolutely absolutely mm. i think anything that we are today we are a product of that transgenerational trauma transgen that yeah. i mean um we are constantly told by the west that you need to get over it it was a long time back but it is something that's kind of seeped into every facet of our life so much that we cannot separate from that. Yeah. I don't think we will be able to do that ever. Yeah. Because what we were, I, I'm still after reading so much and thinking about it so much, I still don't know what we were. Yeah. So it's like a double whammy. Yeah. One is the before partition and then before the British came in, what is it that we were and what we became and then the partition happened and then became something else. Oh God, it's like a layers and layers. Yeah, and I mean, there's not, to be honest, even what we are as, as individuals right now is a direct uh, sort of result of that. Because I mean, um, this is, a small example, but uh, I was reading this book that day, and the name of the book I can't remember right now. Yeah. But uh, it was just about how, um, sorry, the last Mughal. The last Mughal, yeah, of course, yeah. So, but William Dalrymple. Uh, yeah. And a couple of other things I, I read simultaneously because my brain is just all over the place. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so it was basically about how um, we were just we come from this lineage of Mughals who were so expressive and it was all about, you know, love, romanticism, literature, you know? Yeah. And expressing yourself, essentially. It was yeah. about poetry and, you know, just they speaking were to each so other. So talented, yeah. how we feel. Yeah. And 
nowadays, it's just kind of sad. What was introduced by Ubrish at that time was this sort of very clinical life, mm. very practical. Mm. The poetry and literature was looked down upon, and our culture of expressing ourselves was looked down upon. Yeah. And now, the idea of not sharing things or keeping to ourselves is such a brown household thing. <laughs> if you think about it, yeah. it is associated to being something that is really, really brown because mm. we don't talk about feelings. Yeah, we're not friends with our moms and dads, yeah. <sighs> and we have our own baggage. We don't share. Yeah, that's not what we do. But that's the thing. I mean, if you think that way, it's actually really traumatic because your life could have been substantially different. What you stand could, mm. or it could be substantially different. Yeah, and. Every time I read, I keep telling myself I'm not gonna read because it, it's heartbreaking. But it is it's something that's still very, very important to do. Yeah. And I felt like my work was essentially just sort of trying to understand that sense of confusion, yeah. that sense of feeling attacked every time I was asked a question and yeah. I didn't know the answer. Yeah. I felt like I had to basically go through a book that's called South Asians for Dummies because <laughs> it's just like I didn't know like I was asked about my language I didn't know what what is your traditional dress I did not know and I've been yeah. living in this country and I came on the scholarship as an ambassador yeah for my country mm-hmm. and what did that say about me that <laughs> I did not know I did not know where I stood but I could fluently speak about Shakespeare what does that say about wow. me Correct. So, yeah, so that, that is essentially what inspired my work is something I had to do. Like, it was a shift that I could not avoid. It had to happen. And now I feel like this is something I will be doing for a very, very long time. Yeah. And because I don't think... I don't think there's a resolution. It's just that you have to make peace with it and you have to just kind of understand what happened. But I don't think we can ever... Uh, find a solution i don't know if there is a solution so yeah so what is your um future plan look like i mean i know now that we're all stuck with this uh coronavirus <laughs> thing but beyond that uh say six months down down the line and have oh, you thought about it that, um sorry uh basically beyond that you know what i offer my whole um time in London and how things change so drastically for me, uh, I don't think I I know how to plan anymore. <laughs> all the time go out of the window. And um, and I feel like there's nothing wrong about that. Yeah. Because then you're just open to so many possibilities. And mm. Even now, like when I think about it, that how did I not know these things? How did I not want to know mm. anything about myself? How did I not want to know about my history? And... I feel planning really hampers that. Mm-hmm. But as for now, I feel like I've always used daily events and conversations as a guide to where my work's going to go. Right. And as to what I read. So I, I don't plan as to, okay, today I'm going to read about Tipu Sultan or today I'm going to... It's just, I just let it flow organically and see where it takes me. Right. Because anything that I plan is going to seem very forced and not authentic. In wow. A sense. Okay. So, do you work with other mediums apart from? Um, do you you work with oil paints, don't you? 
No, actually, my work that you previously saw uh-huh. is acrylics. Oh, is it? Okay. Because, and th- there's a funny reason behind that because, I mean, I'm a big fan of oil paints. Uh-huh. And I just love the texture of it. Yeah. But um, in the UK, as you would know, it, drying time is insane. <laughs> yeah. And I am an impatient person. So I had to switch to acrylics. And mm. that's also because I felt like there's such an urgency to say things. Yeah. To put it out there. Mm-hmm. So a lot of many times in my master's degree, and I'm very thankful to my tutor for that, mm-hmm. very patient man, uh, a lot of things would be left incomplete. Mm. But then we'd have this discussion where, like, is it incomplete? Mm-hmm. Or does it just talk about what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Like, is it just talking about that state of urgency and that state of, you know, um, sort of just something that's erratic, something that's dynamic, something that keeps moving. Mm-hmm. So he's like, don't think about leaving them incomplete. Mm. It's just you talk about a process, you talk about a journey. Mm-hmm. Let it be that. Yeah. Let it not be in the form of concrete works if it doesn't have to be. Wow. Yeah. Just because that's not what you're talking about. Mm. So why are you enforcing a particular uh, medium and a particular surface to that? Mm. So. Right. Right. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I do use a lot of other mediums because uh, I, as an artist, get bored very fast. Ah. So I have to move from one thing to another, and I feel like that is not always the best thing. But um, when ideas come to me, they come in the form of different mediums. Mm-hmm. Like. Some images need to be more uh, assuming, they need to be more prominent. So, you know, I go for heavy-handed things like oil paints and panels and, you know, Mm -hmm. like tapestries, things that cannot be ignored. And then there are other things that should be like fleeting images. Then I think, oh, okay, you know, video Mm. or, um, Mm. or pencil sketches that we think that are very, like, um, transitory you just think that they are preparation yeah, for us yeah yes so I mean it really changes depending on what I'm talking about at that point in time and also um, depending like I mean this sounds <laughs> very dramatic <laughs> but um, it's really about how I'm feeling in that moment right and what I feel could like best translate onto the surface like, do I, if I'm feeling jittery and I'm feeling anxious about something, I cannot grab something like a pencil, which is delicate and it's um, intricate. I can't do that. Yeah. I need to grab oil paints or I need to grab enamel because it's just, it just has that feel, like, you know, that texture is just, it's just so much more. And yeah. Wow. It was fantastic talking to you, Shamin. Um, so how do we, um, what are your social media tags so that I can share your work on, um, uh, on the, you know, social media? Well, I'm, I have to be honest, I'm very bad with social media (laughs) in promoting my work. So, um, though I am currently working on my website, which I don't know when it's going to see the time of day. You're on Instagram, um, aren't you? No. Yeah, I am on Instagram and uh, I have a handle at Shamin underscore Arshad on it. That's S H A M W E N 
underscore A-R-S-H-A-D. Yeah. So um, I have my work up there and it I, I think it really shows sort of transaction transition, sorry, mm-hmm. in my work yeah. throughout the years. And um, it really shows how chaotic <laughs> my mind is in a sense. But I think the fact that it was collected over time, it just really... Shows your evolution, yeah. Yeah, as Probably an artist, shows more about me, talks more about me than a proper compiled website would. Yeah. So, yeah, and I am very new to Twitter, so <laughs> we're posting things there also. Yes. So nice talking to you, uh, Shamin. Uh, hope to be in touch with you in the future. Bye. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye.